0: To Isaiah chapter 49, Mother's Day today, but this is going to be a Mother's Day message with a little bit of a difference because we're living in very serious times.
1: Families have a lot going on.
0: Verse 18. I got an envelope that came through my door just the other day from the NSPCC. This is the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. It was an envelope that was requesting funds. The opening paragraph there was a picture of a young girl uh, on the front with the headline Maddie's Story. And the paragraph, the the writing underneath said, Maddie is a bright and excitable 10-year-old. She loves drawing, painting, and cats. But her parents were deeply concerned about her internet use. That's why Maddie was referred to the NSPCC's In Control, a service designed to help keep children safe online. And then the little blurb underneath it said, for more than 130 years, we've been fighting for safer childhoods for children like Maddie. I want to make a statement to you this Mother's Day. Unless you're fighting, your children are no longer safe. There are many things that reflect motherhood. But now more than ever, protecting children is now critical to parenthood. I want to preach about a mother at war from Isaiah chapter 49, beginning with verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall make haste. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. Lift up your eyes, look around and see. All these gather together and come to you as I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe yourselves with them all as an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. I want to look with you, first of all, about feeling deserted. In the recent budget, Jeremy Hunt announced that nine month old babies can soon be put into childcare for 15 hours a week for free with many parents wanting more hours. He announced that the under fives could now have 30 hours in childcare. The under five years old can have 30 hours free. He announced and said, it, this is great. This is great for the economy, and this is great for women. The question that I ask is, is it great for the children? what is the effect on them now let me pause i'm not wanting to add a burden i'm not looking to put guilt upon those who are struggling i feel for you there are people here in very difficult circumstances juggling work to survive many are hard working you've been abandoned you've made wrong choices in the past that you deeply regret and now you're having to work through those things may god's grace be upon you and i have no doubt child care for many is a huge help but in our society it's just a way of life it's what you do there's no thought but here's the truth We already have a generation who feel separated from their parents. There are adults that are sitting here that were raised by others. You were left in very vulnerable situations. You felt unable to deal with it. There was no reference points. There was no protection. Some of you, as adults, I've counseled you are very angry. You're very hurt. Why? Why was I left? Why could no one see? And today you wrestle with issues. I was sent to boarding school a week after my seventh birthday by parents who loved me and doing what they thought best and, and remember. You know, I, had a, I, 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 you know, I got all, up to all sorts of mischief there and I had a pretty good time, but I can remember like many of you, certain nights in the dormitory when the lights went out, feeling very alone and parentless. And yet my experience has no, is nothing compared to those that have been raised by mothers who are unprepared for motherhood. They're tired, stressed, It's not uncommon in our generation to be pushed to the side. There are parents wrestling with mental health issues, addictions. And so there is a sense for many that carry this feeling of being you're on your own. But our text is dealing with the possibility to feel deserted when you're not. The children of Israel have been taken into exile, into Babylon. The enemies of God's people have come in. They've ransacked Jerusalem, carried off the people to Babylon. And they're coming to conclusions. Our text opens with, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Now, when the Bible speaks of Zion... It's, talking, it is, it's encompassing the city of Jerusalem as a living entity and the people themselves. Zion, Jerusalem is in ruins. The Babylonians have ransacked it, as I said, carried off the people to exile. Some of that was because of their own disobedience, their past decisions, consequences. Uh, uh, you know. They, they, so now they're in enemy territory and they feel pushed down and harassed. It's like the people of God are no longer safe. They're not living in the safety of Jerusalem. It's like they're in a war zone. We've seen pictures of Ukraine. In my mind's eye, we're talking about burnt out buildings, smoke, ravaging. Ravaging a a landscape, broken down. It's like a war zone. The people of God have had to flee. They're now in a, or they're not flee, they've been taken captive. They're in a foreign land. It's not like home. It's not, where they're living is not like church. And you can imagine when they came into that country, at first not everything everything's overwhelming all kinds of emotions and you know what i think when i think of that picture i think about what it's like to go from primary school to secondary school because for some it's like entering a war zone you enter into that arena and you're not really sure of your own faith You've made a few bad decisions, no doubt, along the way. But now, all of a sudden, you enter into this culture that is so different from your home, from your church, from your family life, from beliefs. Now this has its own rules. And you're struggling to survive. Struggling to fit in. There's a total assault on your faith, on your identity. There's a huge pressure from the Babylonians to conform. Now they want to touch your hair. Now they want men to wear earrings. Now all of a sudden uh, there's there's a pressure to be something. And yet as our kids go into that arena, many feel abandoned. They feel forsaken and forgotten. It's sink or swim. It can be overwhelming. And I'm talking about even good parents, pastors, Sunday school teachers can have absolutely no idea what our children are facing at secondary school. I read an article in the Times and the headline was parents shocked by graphic education in school. It's talking about the sex education. The problem is in in many schools is they they feel well they feel overwhelmed to teach it themselves. This is uh, RSE Re- uh, relationships and I think sexual education. Schools feel uh, that they, they, they don't... You know what it is. It's not so much they're overwhelmed, it's just that they're afraid. They're afraid of getting it wrong. And so what many schools are doing, they're bringing in outside companies to teach it. And these outside companies have all sorts of agendas. Some of them won't even share their material with parents citing copyright. I want to tell you, if you're a parent and they won't tell you what they're teaching your children, that should upset you. How dare you? Some company somewhere coming in and teach, and they won't even tell you what they are because oh, of copyright, baloney copyright. It's a free for all. They have different providers. One provider, Safe Schools Alliance UK, they teach 300 schools. Their facilitators, that's their teachers, their their people in charge of this, their facilitators, this is the Times newspaper investigation, have personal websites which feature articles on anal fun and frolics. The problem with heteronormativity, which means just normal heterosexuality. The problem with it. Vendors of sex toys. Emma Chan, the charity's health lead of Safe Schools Alliance, has a personal blog which includes a video of her singing a song called Let's All Masturbate. That's shocking for you to hear in church. I wonder what your kids are hearing at school. It happens, Education is another RSE provider and they claim that all genders can menstruate. Group Bish, another one, says normal sexual intercourse can be a bit MEH, I guess that's a slang term, whatever, or rubbish for many couples. Split Banana said porn can be damaging when ingested uncritically, but there's also a lot of great feminist porn out there. They play games like Planet Porn for Year 10 students, Gender Galaxy. A child was asked to leave a class when confronted by a drag when she confronted a drag queen who told them that there were 72 genders. High school. Secondary school. On top of this, research this year for the Children's Commissioner for England found that 10% of children had seen pornography by nine years old. 50% by 13. Dignify, a group founded to challenge the normalisation of porn for young people, said the average age of first viewing porn was 12 years old for both girls and boys. And most times it's accessed through Twitter or other social media sites. A report a number of weeks ago from today by the children's commissioner, Rachel D'Souza, who looks like she's trying to do something good, a former head teacher, found that teens were frequently exposed to violent pornography, depicting coercive, degrading, or pain-inducing sex acts. Her research showed 47% of young people aged between between the age of 16 to 21 believe that girls expect physical aggression in sex. D'Souza recorded a 12-year-old girl who told her about her first kiss with a boy her age, who then tried to strangle her because he had seen it in porn and thought girls liked it. He goes on to say these articles, the request for images is now just a standard day one of going out or interacting with a girl. It boils down to one word, pics? question mark, or send. Research shows one third of teens had received a nude picture. Conroy, who works uh, in a men's program called Men at Work program, was once called in for a private chat with a group of 11-year-old boys who had been in class shouting out the top 10 most popular videos on a porn site. Words like Latina, incest, stepdaughter, unconscious. He said these words, it was a very troubling hour. And the people of God said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. And God replies, and he says, some mothers may forget. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. Not all, but it is possible. It is possible, and I would say this, it is possible, not just because not that there are those that, that, for whatever reason, cannot be a mother, but it's not, it's not just wicked. There are those that are highly stressed, working all hours, running here, running there. Husbands are not there or they're not leading the home. And because of that, a child can be forgotten. A child can be alone. And we as parents assume that everything's Okay. We don't want to cause waves. We're trusting of our English system. We're not aware. But in our text, God speaks and said, I got you. I won't ever forget you. I see you in a foreign land. I see you wrestling. I see what it means, what it does to your mind and to your heart. I see you and I will not forget you. See, he says. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. He says, I've engraved you. You're not just tattooed on my hand because ink can fade. He said, I've engraved you. I've permanently carved you. The great city of Jerusalem is carved upon his hands and its people. And he says, Look at my hands. I got you. Jesus said to Thomas, look at my hands, to see the nail printed, the nail whole. One man said, for there is no sin that is strong enough to chill the divine love or to erase us from the divine remembrance. Oh, captive Israel, captive because sinful, I have graven thee on the palms of my hands. I wanna to speak to every young man and young woman here, At school, at college, or just coming out trying to find your way in a fallen world, God has not forgotten you. If at any point you gave your life to Him, at any point you were dedicated unto God, I want to tell you, God's got you. He's got you now, you say, Well, I look what I've done. He says, I've not forgotten you. He's not forgotten the fallen. He's not forgotten the struggling. He's not forgotten those that are surrounded, that they are unsure how to get out. The backslider, the disciplined. These hands pay a price. Hands that are working, involved, and never forgotten. I want to move through this message at the issue of walls. Because in our text, he says, God says, yet I will not forget you. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. You see, at this point, Jerusalem's walls are torn down. They're burnt. They're broken. And that's a picture of a city that is vulnerable. Proverbs 25, 28 says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. God says, I'm very aware of your vulnerability. I'm very concerned about whether or not you're protected. Walls are there to protect. In our church, we have standards of ministry. For those that are in ministry, one of the standards that we have, if you ever get involved in serving in a public arena in our church, one of the standards that we require is that it's, and, and it's been a bit of a journey, but we uh, expect you to have upon your computers, uh, your phones, your devices, uh, um, web blockers, some sort of web blocker. We had Pastor Carmel a little while ago. He did a presentation uh, to our Bible study leaders uh, on web blockers, and I asked him, and him and a number of men uh, went away and, and tried to find the best one that would probably work, because some of them are a nightmare, and so he did a presentation it was very, very good. And I asked him that he would come and do it this morning. So maybe Pastor Carmel, if you would come and we're talking about web blockers. So we want to hand this
1: to Pastor Carmel. Yeah, so as Pastor Brown mentioned, um, he asked me to do a presentation on Covenant Eyes. I'd researched a number Of them and Covenant Eyes seems to be the best one and just quickly I'm not a Covenant Eyes salesman Um, I don't know all the nooks and crannies but I've personally been using this since 2016 and it's worked for me and so um, if you just go to the next slide and so if you can see the words there so Covenant Eyes is an accountability app um, which also provides a web filtering service so it blocks websites as as well as reports internet activity. It's its worked best with another app called Victory, which I'll get into shortly. Um, the accountability function, what it does is it takes screenshots. So if someone's using a laptop or mobile phone or tablet, it takes screenshots of the activity and reports it to the person who is um, holding them accountable. Um, it's convenient because it blocks pornography, but it also... Um, It doesn't block unnecessary sites or unnecessary, you know, if you're doing research, it won't block access to these things. And a quick disclaimer is, even though it blocks pornographic websites, uh, um, lustful images can still be found on YouTube or um, news sites or social media, etc., um, but that's why the accountability function is good because if porn is blocked and you want to go and look at images or someone wants to look at images, it will still report that, so it will actually discourage searching for these things. Um, next slide please. And so you will have two options when you sign up. you'll have screen accountability and screen accountability and filtering. You need to click the filtering as well to ensure that the blocker works. Um, it costs. $16.99, as you can see, that's about £14 a month. And uh, um, you can put, register as much devices as you want and make 10 different users. Next slide, please. So um, I checked, I typed in a website just to see if it works, and I've taken a screenshot when I used it on my Windows laptop, and it blocks access. I went alone, by the way. There were people around, just so you know. <laughs> um, and next slide, please. And so this is taken, so this is just me typing online porn websites. And you can see on Google, it doesn't even come up. It doesn't even allow you to even click It's literally removed them from Google. Next slide, please. And so here I've taken a screen. If you press play, here's a screen recording of me actually typing it on an Android. It's blocked access. Okay. Next slide, please. This is it on an iphone and you can see that it blocks access on the iphone as well it doesn't even work next slide please okay so when concerning activity has been detected um covenant eyes will send an email to the person who is looking after or who's the owner of the account. It will say review recommended for and the the abbreviation. And so you will then click on the email. You'll scroll down and view the, 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 the activity that took place and the alarming activity. There's also an app, as I mentioned, called Victory. Victory is a separate app which also sends notification. You can set it to every three days, every week, or every month, and it will say... Um, check um, or review the activity where you can look through it and see anything that's been alarming so you can have those necessary conversations. Um, Covenant Eyes be known not to track content on um, certain apps like Twitter app or Instagram app or YouTube app, but you can, you can, on iPhone you can put restrictions through screen time which can solve this conundrum. I know a number of people, a number of my friends who are iPhone users who do this and and they don't have access to these applications. Um, Next slide, please. And so you can see there's a couple of videos there uh, of um, email and the Victory app, how it works. And so you just scroll, you you click on it. As you can see there, you scroll through and um, you can click to view the screenshots. You can see just taking screenshots of skin, um, anything that's concerning. But you can see there's nothing there. But sometimes there might be something that's alarming where you will force you to have a conversation. On the, on the right, you can see info in private, in private browsing. Oftentimes, when people want to go uh, or you know, do some naughty activity online, they'll go on in private browsing or Google um, incognito where the, um, the history doesn't save, well, Covenant Eye doesn't necessarily record what happens on there, but it does show the time that they've been on. And so if they're on for hours at, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning, for example, that shows up and you can begin to have conversations. Next slide, please. So when it comes to uninstalling Covenant Eyes, um, you need a co- uh, an uninstall code. You can only get access to this code by logging in and getting a password. And so if I'm a parent and I, and my child has um, Covenant Idol tries to uninstall it on a Windows computer, then I will get notified that they are trying to uninstall it and I'll have to give them a code to uninstall it, which obviously I don't want to do. Um, on an Android device, you can simply remove or disable permissions in the settings and so and then they can uninstall it like that. But the parent or the person who is holding them accountable will receive a notification, an email, that they have requested a code, and then you can go and look at and and, and have that conversation. On iPhones, there are no hindrances. They can just simply just uninstall the app. But in your report, you will actually still see that there's inactivity there. And so when you look at the report, you can go and have conversations. Why is there no activity here? And confiscate phones and whatever you want to do. Um, next slide please and so here you see in the screenshots that's an email on the left uh, of a um, user that's uh, tried to uninstall in the middle you can see um, it's showing inactivity at the bottom and on the right in the victory app you can also see it shows inactivity on iPhone and so that tells you that and then uh, next slide please and so um, I'm not a user of screen time and so you can find a lot of tips on how to get this working, if you need any help, you can speak to me, etc. But there's a number of steps there that you can use to block certain apps or downloading apps, et cetera, and um, that will help protect um, you as leaders, as children, as parents, um, wives. Amen. Thank you.
0: <clears throat> I think the idea, um, obviously there's a lot there, but the idea is, is that your wife would have your password for husbands so then the wife gets the reports parents with children you would get the reports now you're not inundated by reports we were a bit bothered who wants to look at a thousand websites it was everywhere. no one's going to do that let's be real but I think what Carmel said before is it flags up is that right? so you don't have to look at everything that they're looking at and search through it, warned, it, it comes up with a warning is that correct? So it warns you, so you don't have to be bothered about seeing a thousand. They're, you know, they're checking flights, they're looking at hotels, they're checking out restaurants. They it's just when things come up and it warns you. So this is husbands and wives. Wives can have the need to have the code so that for the husband's sake, protection walls, and also for for children. Roberts from Dignify, and again, this is. Uh, covenant eyes, any questions? You can see Carmel talk to people. We want to get the conversation going and we want us to be thinking about this. Roberts from Dignify said it saw its survey suggested that 94% of children viewing pornography were doing so at home, nearly always on their phone. People who think they're checking phones, uh, parents who think they're checking phones may need to keep in mind that porn is accessed generally via social media sites that often disappears without trace. He goes on to say, we didn't ask the time of day or room, but we're assuming that they're in their bedroom unsupervised. Then he goes on to suggest this. So if parents introduce one simple rule that nobody has their phone in their bedroom especially not at night, then that one decision alone could reduce a lot of harmful exposure for children. For parents giving their children a phone for the first time, have a ground rule that there are spaces in your home where phones and devices can't go. I'd include, this is his words, I'd include bedrooms and bathrooms, places where there is natural nudity, so you are also reducing the risk of impulsive nude sharing because children will have less opportunity to take that picture. Simply this morning, it's a war. Mothers are at war. And I acknowledge before you there is no easy answer, but the point of this morning is simple. You just cannot forget. You must be involved. You must be aware of walls of defense, of help. And I want to close very quickly with miracle restoration because the truth is, like most parents sitting here, and and uh, it's very overwhelming. It seems hopeless. It seems like we're facing too big a challenge. Jerusalem is ransacked. You can see the smoldering fires, the broken down walls, and a people in captivity. But when you've got God... And when he says to you, you're not forgotten, and your defense is my priority, there's hope. And God says, I'm going to bring a change. It's incredible because the change that he says he's going to bring is he's actually going to touch the younger generation themselves, and they are going to rebuild the walls. There's coming a day, parent, and I'm speaking to every mother now who's burdened in soul, and it could well be starting today. We are fighting a war. There are parents, I hope, that after today, mums and dads that are going to demand their school shows them what their child is being taught I pray today that in the start of mother's hearts and father's hearts, there's going to be, I'm going to set boundaries. But beyond that, there's coming a day when God is going to get a hold of young people and they will say, I'm going to rebuild the walls. Because there's always a loophole. You can always find a way. So at some point, the heart has to be touched. And God says, I'm going to do that. In our text, he says in verse 17, your son shall make haste. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. Lift up your eyes, look around and see. For all these gather together and come to you as I live, says the Lord. You shall surely clothe yourselves with them as an ornament, and bind them as you do, as a bride does. I'm going to bring this to a close quickly. It says in our text, there's coming a day where your sons shall make haste. Some translations say builders shall make haste. Here's the point. The descendants of those that were born in Babylon Babylon. Those The descendants of those that dwelt in Zion that are now in exile shall hasten themselves to rebuild the wasteland of the desolate capital and restore its ruins and build its walls. Let me tell you what I believe the Spirit of God is doing and wants to do. I believe by the Spirit God is going to get a hold of our young men and young women. Maybe not all. but he is going to get hold of some. Young men that are sitting in this congregation today, you're in your early 20s. You've been scarred, young women. 18, teenage years, 12, 13. God's going to get hold of young men and young women, young boys and young girls, and something in their heart is going to be triggered. I've had enough of this brokenness I've had enough of this sin, this darkness, and this shame. I've had enough of this confusion. I've had enough of this pressure. I've had enough. And something on the inside, there's going to be a generation of young men and young women, they're going to make a stand. They're going to make a stand themselves at school. They're going to make a stand at college. Some are going to delete certain apps. Others are going to make decisions about social media. They're going to take on their own web blockers and accountability because something inside of their soul is going to say, I've had enough. It goes on to say, God says, Your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. God says, There's coming a day when there's going to be dominion again, when there's going to be young men and young women that are no longer tormented but have dominion when they go to school have dominion when they go to college, they're free. They've made decisions, they've cut things off, they refuse certain things and they've made a stand. They're not hanging on to their faith. They're walking in freedom, clean, holy vessels unto the Lord. Lift up your eyes and look around and see. All these gather together and come to you as I live, says the Lord you shall surely clothe yourselves with them all as an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. Just like very soon we're going to have a wedding coming up in a few weeks' time and I have no doubt that uh, uh, Sister Ella is going to dress up modestly <clears throat> and well, beautifully. A bride. I believe our church That's what the text is saying. Zion, for us, the church, is going to have like ornaments, those that have come from a foreign land. They've come back from the dust and the war and the pressure, and they said, we've had enough and they're going to be like jewels in our church and they're going to adorn our congregation and there's going to be people look and say what a powerful powerful work because of young men and young women say we're not on social media hallelujah we're not uh, we're not on that app or we're not on this we don't do that and we stand up when our teacher says uh, there's 552 genders no there's not And there's those that say, you know what? We believe certain things, uh, and and uh, there's something inside of the soul uh, that God's going to touch. uh, And out of the ash heap, the broken are going to be restored. I believe there are some sitting here today. There's a stain upon your soul. You've looked at things you wish you'd never seen. There's things that have happened to you. Perhaps you're sitting here and you're angry. Maybe you felt alone. I want to tell you today is a day of restoration. God can cleanse your soul. You can start again in Christ. We might see ruins, but God sees things that are not as though they were. I close with Revelations 21, speaking of the new Jerusalem. Then one of the angels, seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city The holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the 12 tribes, the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates, three gates, three gates, east, west, north, so forth. The construction of its wall was jasper. The city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, then sapphire, then goes on emerald, it goes on beryl, topaz, etc. etc. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Our God is a restorer. You've been broken down. God can restore you again. Let's bow our heads together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Amen. There are parents here. God is dealing with you. There are mothers. Holy Spirit, right now, help us. Oh, God, move in our midst. Move in our midst, God, amongst young men and young women. I'm asking you today, God, for a start of a revolution. I'm asking you today, God, we cannot do it in our own strength. I'm asking for an anointing that would begin to settle upon young men and young women. They would sense it. And something on the inside said, I don't care what anyone else is doing, I'm going I'm to be different. I'm going to make some decisions. I'm gonna make some callings. There are there are there are mums here. Oh, I feel for you. You mean busy, it's you're overworked, not much support. But God will put in your heart: don't forget them. They gotta have walls. They gotta have walls. You're in this place, you say, oh God, help us. We need forgiveness. We need change. We need new beginnings. If you're here today and and you need forgiveness, maybe this is not, I've preached a lot on pornography. I've preached a lot, but, but sin is sin. You know in your heart of hearts, you're away from God. In your heart of hearts, you're lost. You once were a Christian, but you're not today. Maybe you've never looked at pornography. But you've hated. You've been involved in sex and you're not married. You give yourself to this world. This world is, but inside you're broken. You know something's desperately wrong. Today is a day of forgiveness. I'm telling you, God loves you. He's not, He cares for you. Some of you are backsliders, some of you are under discipline, some of you are in real trouble. And God says, I've not forgotten you. I know your name. Come on. Come on, let him cleanse your soul. Let him put his arms around you. Let him forgive you. You're here today. How many would there be? You say, I want to come back to the Lord. Oh, I want to make a recommitment. I need to become a born-again Christian. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord. I want you to put your hand in the air. Come on, hands are going up. Come on, lift your hand. Put your hand up in the, high in the air. How, yeah, I see that hand. Others, quickly. Come on, put your hand. Yes, ma'am. Others, quickly. Old, young, it doesn't matter. Others, come on, put your hand in the air. Say yes to God. Come on. Come on, please, let me see your hand. Put your hand high. I need someone to pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ quickly. Come on. I'm not right with God. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you. Sorry, I was a bit slow. Somebody else. To my left, to my right. I want to get right with God. Come on. I change how I'm living. I'm going to turn to God. I want to be right. Last call. Last call. Holy Spirit, we need you now cannot see without you God God you've got to move I invite you we invite you, come on Christians help me pray anyone else, come on put your hand in the air, say I want to come back to the Lord, I need to make a recommitment I'm, not, I'm a backslider it's not just sin, I've actually turned away from the Lord, I, I, I need to make a recommitment, come on, anybody else I want every single one of you that put your hand in the air to put it up again so I could see them all. On the balcony at the back, put your hand up high in the air and then look at me. Every one of you that put your hand up, I want you to look at me quickly. Look at me. Did you mean that? This is the day. God bless you. Somebody else. Come on, let me see your hands. Is anyone else? Did you mean that, sir? I believe you did. Anybody else? I see that quickly. Where, where's the hand? I see that hand. You mean I want you to come out of your seat. Every one of you. Put your hand up. I want you to come and meet me here. Someone's going to pray with you. Come on. Come out of your seat. Come on. God bless you. Come find a place to pray. One of the ladies in the church is going to pray with you. God bless you. Just kneel here. God bless you. Thank you. Come out of your seat. Those who've raised their hands, don't be Come on. Come out of your seat. Come on the balcony. I want you to come down. Come down these stairs. Come on. That's it, young man. Come. Making a decision for God. That's what I'm doing. Whatever you sin, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to get right with God. God bless you, sir. God bless you, mate. Hey. Thank you, Tim. Anybody else? Let's stand together, shall we? Our sister's coming. Another sister's coming down. She's going to come find a place to pray. God bless you. God bless you, Michelle. Let's stand together, shall we? We're going to close the service in just a few moments. There's a Holy Ghost dimension here. Parents are coming, mums are coming, dads are coming. God's spoken to you. Young people are coming. God's dealing with your heart. You can come find a place to pray. Young men, young women, you're in school, you're in college, you've just left. You're 19, 20, 21, 22. You say, you know what, I'm making decisions. Others, uh, you want to come find a place to pray. Come on, let's talk to God about life. Let's talk to God. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Lord bless you. Let's sing together as these are praying. We're not going to take long now. We're making big decisions quickly. Yes, hear it today, God. Let us love, oh God. And come, heal our land,
1: and breathe life into these dry and thirsty souls.
0: We call on your name Would you make this a place For your glory to dwell And open the blind eyes Unlock the deaf ears Come to your people As we draw the Hear us from heaven the the blood. Yeah. Touch our generation yeah. We are your